Welcome to Driven Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Your hosts are freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield, plus videographer and host of the YouTube channel Craving Cars, Corey Pratt, and 35-year radio veteran, book publisher, and vehicular village idiot, Mark Catfish Groves. Let's rev up the conversation. Time for Driven Radio Show. Hey, car fans. Welcome to Driven Radio, your weekly automotive happy hour. I am Brett Hatfield, here with our engineer and co-host, Mr. Mark Groves. Yo! And my lovely bride, Miss Rhonda. Hi, boys. I want you to know, actually, I, I... Answer more to the hostess with the mostest yeah. Bloody Marys <laughs> that, that's... and the exclusive to Brett, Joko Carho. Mm-hmm, that am oh, you. Nice. <laughs> I, although less so now, and we're going to get into that. <laughs> we are coming to you from Driven Radio Studios in beautiful Overland Park, Kansas. You can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com and ReadTheDriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show. And listen everywhere fine podcasts are heard. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a positive review on your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to tell your gearhead friends if there is something you would like to hear more of. Or if you have an interesting story, for the love of God, tell us, please. <laughs> please, Jesus. We, we are Lord all of, ears, baby. Bring it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. always looking for a story. Make it easy on us. Give us yours. <laughs> Send your emails to brett at drivenradioshow.com. All right, mister. What have you been doing in motorcycles this uh, week? And uh, you've got, you got big news. It, well, uh, it was frustrating. Uh, and wonderful because I bought a 2004 Suzuki Marauder 1600, and the first step is admitting you have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, my name is Mark. <laughs> I buy old shitty motorcycles. Welcome uh, to the group, Mark. <laughs> but, uh, Hi, Mark. <laughs> so I, I went to this guy's house, and uh, super nice guy, and the bike, you know, ran great. It runs great. It idles fantastically. But I discovered, uh, and by the way, that 1600 compared to my little Kawasaki, which is done this week and I can go pick up now. Oh, yay. Uh, yeah, they, they, they had some really interesting input on the issues with it. <laughs> really? But, but I'll tell you, when that front cylinder, with that firing, I'll have twice the power. How oh, about wow. that? Yeah, who knew? Uh, but anyway, uh, so so the Suzuki, it's a 2004 Suzuki Marauder 1600, and it's just a big... It's a Marauder. Oh, damn, that thing. <laughs> uh, when I was uh, writing it, before I'm going to take it into the shop this week, uh, the power and just the, the yeah. instant speed. And it's yes. like, oh, I, I laughed like a freaking hyena <laughs> when I first got onto that thing just and, giggle and literally blue. got on it. Oh, my God, I'm going down 169 and I'm yelling because I'm like, <laughs> yeah! And, you know, and it stayed on the road. The Kawasaki's fun. It had a little get up and some mm-hmm. spit. But uh, when you're doing perhaps 70, perhaps 80, maybe, maybe not. Allegedly. Neither mm-hmm. confirm nor deny. Uh, the the Kawasaki feels the wind. You look down and you're suddenly quite surprised. Oh, that Suzuki. It's just like, wind, what wind? You're getting beat up. I'm yeah. having no problem with this. And that was great. But then uh, it started doing this weird thing pretty quick. Where, uh, I, like, third gear, sometimes you'll hear a little uh, uh, backfire, and you're like, I best get over to the side of the road mm-hmm. quick, because all of a sudden, 
Oh, it no run no more. Is oh, it? Is no, it no go. Do you know if it's vapor lock or if it's something else? I, or do, you're I have no find clue. Out what yeah, it is. I'm going to take it in. I found a place because I called. Uh, I called a place that you'd recommended. Then they only. It's like all these motorcycle shops now only work on newer motorcycles. This, that's really weird because I found an independent Harley shop, and those guys will work on anything. But I think it's just because Harley's changed so little. Oh, true. For long periods of time, and. You know, uh, an Evo is an Evo is an Evo. They made those from 1984, I believe, until 1999 or so. There's a couple without, on the road. without really, <laughs> yeah. And that was when people were still standing in line to get Harley. So there's Ugh. a crap load of Evos out there rolling around. But anyway, well, I, I was surprised shop. to hear yeah. that shops are turning away work because it's too old. But what I will give the place that you sent me to, because uh, I was like, hey, uh, I called and said, do you work on bikes, blah, 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 this old lot? And he's like, actually, no, we don't. I'm like, well, damn. You know anybody? He's like, I was just about to say, take it to, uh, call this place. Not at I gave me the, uh, the name of the place. I'm like, all right, I'll give it a shot. Called him. And it's an old crusty fella. And he's like, mm-hmm. you, you got what? And like, How big is that bike? And I said, it's a 2004 He's like, oh, well. You know, we're get, we're not getting any younger here, so pushing them things around is getting kind of hard on us. And I'm like, oh, my God. But he's like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. I can fit that in. Well, I'm, I'm, and I'm like, it is, God is my witness. Awesome. I'll get it there. So uh, it And it does run. And like I said, it starts up and, and goes, et cetera. But just it does some weird thing. And it shifted a little odd. And, and, and like, maybe a clutch uh, adjustment, something yeah, like that. Yeah, maybe a clutch adjustment. I'm hoping so. And then I also read on, like, in a chat room, uh, whatever, bulletin board thingy, that uh, apparently some of these older uh, marauders in 2004s have a little bit of an issue with the kickstand because you have to have the kickstand up, yeah. and it has to be in neutral to be able to start it. And apparently there's a sensor with that and a very specific positioning that'll get a little out of out of joint. And this is why I ride old Harleys. Yeah. Well, now, there, there were also other recommendations where they like, hell we ain't got no shinchers <laughs> oh dude how many people on that thing were going well if you take that green wire and red wire and just nip them and stick them together you can win. i'm like no oh, my God. <laughs> no now my question to you is this um a good quality shop and brett and i know this the mark of excellence is if they will tell you, we will fix this no matter what it costs. Oh, no, no, no. That's my, that is my, that's my buddy, Daryl. That's what he teases me about when I bring him uh, old Corvettes and weird stuff. He always razzes me says, I, and I, I ask him, you going to be able to do this? Oh, yeah, we'll fix it no matter what it costs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Daryl. Uh, we can always count on him. <laughs> I know he's kidding, but you still drive away. Going, but he's not. <laughs> you still drive away thinking, are my underwear tighter? When than you've seen my tonsils from that angle? Uh, no. I'm a little scared. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad to hear that the old bike is fixed and you'll have something to ride. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that you found a place that will work on the new bike. And the new and, bike's beautiful, by the way. The, mm. the guy who did the work on it, uh, it does not look like the original in the blue. No. 
know, all I know. Stuff. It's uh, it, it's I've seen pictures. It's That's like cool semi bobber. I, I am going to get that front uh, fender put back on it because I, I like you and I talked about them a little. Well, you little can even about rocks popping up. You into can that. cut them away on the side, but even uh, like on my on my soft tail custom, that's a thin fender that wraps around, but it does keep rocks from hitting yeah. the oil cooler in the front. And you've got a water cooled bike, and that's a radiator, and those things can be kind of fragile. That's so, important. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it would be. Oh my goodness gracious, how long have we been talking about me <laughs> possibly selling Vlad the Impala? Ladies and gentlemen, come on down to Brad Hatfield's cars. We got cars. Cars uh, here, cars uh, there, cars everywhere. Standing uh, deep and challenging cheap. <laughs> Cousin Eddie's car a lot. We're going to throw some banners up and some yellow lights. Oh, hells yeah. We're going to get it done. Make an offer I can't refuse. Vlad the Impala has a new owner. Yay. Go, Vlad. Yay. Yay. And that guy drove all the way down from Nebraska, God bless his heart, mm-hmm. a, a, in a diesel pickup hauling an enclosed trailer with gas at $94 a gallon and came all the way down there, all the way down and brought a buddy with him nice. to help look over the car. And while the guy was paying me and we're doing the paperwork for the Impala, his buddy started looking at Rhonda's red GTO. <laughs> and he says, wow, this is in really great shape. I like it. And I said, Do you know I'll, who you're talking to? I, I said, I'll sell it to you. And he says, how much? And I told him, and he came back two days later and collected that GTO. <gasps> wow. So I sold them both. And then the white navigator I gave to my oldest daughter Aww. because uh, she and her guy between them uh, got 11 teen kids and they needed something with three rows worth of seating. They don't have any hobbies. So yeah. apparently they do. No, I, can, uh, I know hey, one. <laughs> hey, growing up, we we kept telling her, "Listen, this is what you don't want to do." Uh, but you but, sons of bees ain't Catholic, yeah. so I got that narrows it down. They're not listening to us, damn it. <laughs> We, we, we preached against that, and uh, nobody listened. Yeah, so just... there you go. So I got rid of three cars this week. Nice. Had a couple of pretty nice paydays that I'm not angry about. Uh, I've been driving the little red Corvette around our buddies over at Empire Automotive, David Henderson and Matt. Uh, I gave them, they came down to the warehouse to look at dad's Corvette to see what it would take to do paint on it. And while they were down there, I said, listen, the 60 through one of the hubcaps, it had found a curb. It had (gasps) bent it up really bad. And I gave it to the guys from Empire and they turned it back to me, and you couldn't tell it had done anything. They're amazing. And yes. I, I had mentioned to them, it seemed kind of loose on the wheel. It didn't fit as t- snugly as it should have. Holy God, man, I had beat on that thing with a rubber mallet <laughs> he did. for about 15 minutes to get it back on the wheel. <laughs> that thing would take a direct nuclear tax strike now. It ain't coming off for nothing. They made it a virgin again. Yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> That's that's a little tight. Uh, <laughs> It'll squeeze your lug nuts. And our buddy Daryl, I'll fix it no matter what it costs, is almost done with the Blue 65 Yay! Corvette. That's oh. going to have 
uh, all new rockers and push rods and cam and Holy all kinds cow. of good stuff. Yeah, and he she a little beat up on the inside he, there. He rebuilt the carb and did lots of stuff to the she gonna be quick, nice. which is good because I no longer have the quick Impala. Yeah. Oh, uh, on the sale <laughs> the of on the sale of the Impala and the GTO. Huge thanks to Brian Boyd. Yes. Neither of those sales would have happened without him. Brian, I love your brother. Thank you so much for helping out. And uh, when you and your lovely bride get back from your trip, we're all going to a really disturbingly good dinner. Yes. So, Looking forward to it. Excellent stuff. Hey, in the news, the new <laughs> Nissan Z is almost here. A Ferrari supercar sets a record for most expensive car sold online, but that was instantly eclipsed by the rumored sale of a rare Mercedes racer. Oh, wow. Our special guest this week is Luke Chennel, associate professor Luke. in the restoration program at McPherson College. Luke is going to be here to help <laughs> us wrap up the weekend that was the McPherson College car show and his blisteringly successful post-show cookout. Which was epic and bigger than ever. Yeah, it, it really was. And congrats was to awesome. those youngsters you had on that were putting on the show. Well done. Oh, well done, you guys boys. did a great yes. job. Young men, very, sorry. Very impressive. Uh Man, I got to hand it to you. That was a fantastic show. Can't wait to hear about it. We got a lot of news to cover this week, so let's get to it. Car and Driver says 2023 Nissan Z opens at $41,000. Performance model exceeds $51,000. When the new Z, uh, Nissan Z finally makes its triumphant return, it will do so starting price, which undercuts the Toyota Supra by nearly $12,000. And it's a hell of a lot better looking car. And you know what? I, I actually, as I go around and, and do my whoremongering on Facebook Marketplace, <laughs> uh, that's my porn. <laughs> See, uh, this even is... my wife calls it that. She's like, oh, you're looking at porn again? I'm like, yeah, leave me alone. <laughs> this is what happens when you pay off your house, you sell your mom's car. Yeah, and... Oh, I forgot about that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. mom's car. Uh, side note, a very nice uh, mature man, even older than me, uh, came out. I didn't know that was possible. He looked it over so left and right, up and down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Since I shaved and you know, you've got gooseneck. Uh -huh. But a uh, fella came out, he and uh, his lady friend, and they, they looked lady, it up and down. His special lady friend. And, and, uh, She's my special lady. <laughs> he took her for a drive, and just like I said, it ran like a dream. Everything went well, and I, I will tell you, it was a little hard watching a drive away for the last time, but yeah. it was okay, because it went to somebody who would use it, and he wasn't going to hot dog it, and I'm like, you know what? That's all right. And yeah. those bumper stickers of my mom's on the back fit your face. Perfect. So, <laughs> perfect. You take that, sir, and you enjoy it. You know, I, I had that little bit of that little ping of, oh, I'm going to miss you. I drove the Impala out and lined it up with the guy's trailer. Oh, yeah. And he was loading it up. And I was like, I've been trying to sell this thing so long. I can't believe I actually got the darn thing sold. But then when I drove the GTO out two days later, I had been driving that for a while. That thing was a great car. That was a, <laughs> yeah, a stupid fast car. Yeah. And uh, when we're off air, I will tell you about the race I got into that should have gotten me arrested. And one. Should have gotten me arrested like twice. Uh, I remember you drove like a bat out of Helsinki when we went down and looked at that uh, uh, Merc that tried oh, to kill I, us. I eclipsed so. that in a big way. But uh, I'll tell you all that stuff later. Anyway, I had a little ping of, yeah. or a little pang of, Oh, I'm going to miss you. You've been a great car. But then I thought, 
hey, I'm going to get the insurance money back mm-hmm. and the registration back, and I'm going to a pile <laughs> of cash this guy gave me. I ain't going to miss you that much. Yeah, I, I won't miss the uh, the drizzles. Yeah. You know? Oh, I think I'll paint your driveway. No, well, what are you gonna, uh, remember me, Marky? Yes, I do. Mom. Well, that that yes, GTO uh, never dropped and never dropped a bit of oil anywhere. It only had forty nine thousand miles. On. Damn. Yeah. Nice, nice. Sorry to interrupt your news. Oh, all good. Uh, the 2023 Super is getting a three-pedal setup. Turbocharged three-liter straight sixes are expected to cost at least $53,000. Now, even in base form, the new Z isn't a stripped-down model. You're going to get some nice stuff. The standard coupe comes equipped with a customizable 12.3-inch digital gauge cluster. You can customize the gauge clusters now. I think that is wicked cool. <laughs> uh, that, that actually excites me. I, I've seen some of the digital clusters they do now for old hot rods where you can pop that in and it emulates mm-hmm. what the cluster it should look but it's a screen yeah and i'm like that that is the shizzle that's what we're <laughs> supposed to do anyway i sidetracked uh eight inch touch screen with apple carplay and android auto whatevs uh clean seats with micro suede inserts myriad driver assistance features a 400 horsepower twin turbo 3.0 liter v6 variant offers 18 horses more than the supra you know i would i'll look at these I will look at these when they come out. Now, the Z's price rises by $10,000 as Fiat for the performance model. Adds a handful of track-focused hardware. All pretty cool. Performance version has 19-inch forged wheels wrapped in Bridgestone Potenza S007 rubber. Interior will have a larger 9.0-inch touchscreen, Bose audio, and more speakers, and a leather and faux suede heated heated seats. Yeah, your butt (laughs) could be nice and toasty as you fly. Hot ass. I I prefer warm buttocks. (laughs) Nissan's delayed the Z's arrival. You can catch Z's in that thing. My butt's that warm, and I'm this old. It's going to be like, I'm not driving anywhere. I'm just parking and going for a schnooze. Anybody want a little hot ass? (laughs) What did they say that you know you're old when your your bun warmer isn't for your buns? It's to ease the pain of your your lower back. back. It's it's to keep you limber. (laughs) Disease coming to the United States this summer, and the company said the setback was due to, quote, unforeseen supply chain issues. Just like everybody with every other stinking car out right now. Let me me tell you one little thing from the the cookout that Ken told me. He's been telling everybody that no matter what the answer to the question, he always just says, supply chain issues. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God, that is a great answer. I need to use that for my sex life when I was a kid. Supply chain. In college, yeah, it was a supply chain issue. (laughs) You know, we... We could steer into the skid, but I don't, I don't think it's right. No. I, I, I. <laughs> Auto Week says a $5.36 million LaFerrari is now the most expensive car ever sold on Gee. the internet. On the internet. Ooh. On the interwebs. Bring a Bring trailer. A trailer. <laughs> Bring a trailer, baby. Good for them. No <laughs> Speaking of car porn, uh, I'm already watching another Corvette on Bring a Trailer. I bet you are. Uh, 1971 Mulsanne <gasps> Blue, Blue Interior, 354 Speed. My Uncle David, when he got back from Vietnam, bought one brand new, 1971. Uh, it was white, and it rode like your ass was on a board being dragged across <laughs> the ground, but it was the coolest car. Oh. I've had three third-gen Corvettes, and I'm looking again because because uh, I'm not real sexy because I'm not real bright <laughs> bring a trailer just sold a 2017 Ferrari La Ferrari Aperta for 5.36 million and they only netted $5,099 on the entire transaction because bring a trailer charges just 5% 
up to a hundred thousand dollars, meaning their fee, their Dude. their uh, commission tops out at five grand. You That's know, a I bargain lo- at twice the price. Well, I love I love all our auction people, mm-hmm. but damn. That's, yes, well, that's, that's pretty sexy. That's one of the things that really makes uh, bring a trailer appealing. $99 listing fee, $5,000 topped out for commission. That's a $5.3 million car, the $5,100. Mm-hmm. bucks. <laughs> <laughs> There's a previous owner going, oh, yeah, I'm the smartest man ever. We're in the money. <laughs> Only cost me 100 bucks. I didn't have to pay the 5000 This doesn't suck. <laughs> A hundred bucks to a LaFerrari owner. Oh, my God, yeah. They use that to line their shoes. To, you know. <laughs> I have wiped my butt with that. <laughs> that is nothing to me. I have spent much more on the toilet. Benjamin Franklin knows me well. <laughs> <laughs> the sale marks not only an internet record, but also a record for the once upstart auction site Bring a Trailer that sold last year and is now owned by Hearst Media. Mm-hmm. Bring a Trailer has already established itself as a sales volume Force to be reckoned with, said collector car and auction expert Ken Gross. The LaFerrari, which sold for a record amount, serves notice that there are no barriers anymore. Bring a trailer's formidable combination of insightful commentary, multiple detailed visuals, trusted presentation, and instantaneous worldwide reach doesn't mean it's over for in-person sales because people do like to be present, but it could mean more online sales by the major auction companies as they strive to compete and remain relevant. And the car was pretty cool and probably worth every nickel. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, those things have gone up so much. What a great investment if you had the money to buy buy them originally. See, that's one of the interesting things I sometimes wonder about with uh, online auction uh, sites and buying, especially collector cars online, is do uh, or do you think, uh, you being so deeply involved, that there will ever, ever come a time when some of these places start taking on the vetting role? where they will go through the vehicles that they're selling well, and, and make recommendations on whether they think it's, you know, value. A solid purchase. I, I, I think that uh, Bring a Trailer really set the standard with this, and there are a lot of auction sites that have kind of followed uh, their model. What winds up happening, since everybody can make comments on it, is the, co- the people in the comments are the ones who do all the vetting. Now, the pictures for these are really detailed. Uh, you know, you rarely see an auction that has fewer than 100 photos, and you often see auctions that see have 300 or so. And the people who watch these auctions and comment on them, I thought I had a sharp eye. <laughs> Holy cow, man. These, these people, they catch everything, and they ask very relevant questions, and some people ask very not relevant questions, but... Um, and then you get into crap like my dad and I do where we have a conversation in the comment section about the car we're bidding on. (laughs) (laughs) Guilty, guilty, we've done that. Uh, But the people who are watching the auction really wind up doing most of the vetting. They will discuss history. They will discuss characteristics. They will discuss everything that's revealed in the pictures. And if you've got a seller who's involved, and I think one of the best sales I've seen so far is our our buddy Vernon Estes. Oh, yeah. Vern, when he sold a very original 67 GT500 on there, he was super involved, answered every question, and was very thorough. And when you get that, you almost don't need to be present yeah. because they, they examine it so much. Now, 
for my money. And I chased a, a Nassau Blue 65 Corvette on there that got... Yeah, for some time, yeah. Yeah, well, it, the example that I was actively bidding on got out of reach for me, and then I went and bought the one that I did, and you know, now we're rebuilding the top end of it. Uh, <laughs> but having covered so many auctions in person, one of the things that you miss that you're never going to get online because you just can't is smells. Yeah. When you open a car up, does it smell like mold? When you open a hood, do you smell varnish? Do you smell old gasoline? Has it been sitting for a long time? There's that. And, you know, you can take all the pictures in the world. It's never going to fully supplant what you see in person. But that said, man, bring a trailer for the most part, they, the people who are watching the auctions do an excellent job of helping vet the car if you've got an involved seller who's answering questions. And if the seller isn't real involved, the price usually reflects it. Mm-hmm. I'll be so I, I think they've got a fantastic model, but the crucial part here is having a comment section where people yeah. who know the car can talk about it's it. It's democratically vetted. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, crowdsourced. It, it, it really is. The, the crowdsourcing is amazing. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of other car- websites now. you got Cars and Bids and ShiftGate and Dream Cars and all of these other websites that have kind of followed this model. But Randy Nonnenberg and his crew are the guys who started Bring a Trailer. And they they got it right. They got it right. It was a home run. That's why Hearst chased them down and wanted to buy it because they did it right. Yeah, smart. Very smart. Very smart. Well, from Haggerty, we've got a rumor. A Mercedes-Benz Silver Arrow car, they say there's a rumor, has sold for a record $142 million. Rumor was confirmed earlier today. Holy crap. It's real. Oh, my God. It's absolutely real. Haggerty sources had suggested, and now we know it's a fact, the Mercedes-Benz has sold one of two, uh, that Mercedes-Benz has sold one of two 1955 Mercedes-Benz 300 SLR Silver Arrow Coupes ever built. One of two uh, sold for $142 million. You know, the <laughs> one of the funny things about this, I got in an argument with a guy online earlier this year, and he was saying that's the most valuable car ever. And I said to him, it may be, but they have to sell it to realize the price. Yeah. And I don't think they're ever going to. And now I'm having to eat a whole lot of humble pie. Because <laughs> Raba, you were right. I was wrong. <laughs> it was just a timing thing. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, holy crow. But now that we've sold both the Impala and the GTO, we can buy our own. Nuh-uh. <laughs> I don't think if we got everybody we know to cash in, we could come, come up with come enough. Come on. Luke's got a lot of people now, and we can put out a, a little <laughs> donation jar. Yeah. We, we can swing this. Help now. me buy something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> One of the German Mark's most significant racing cars has powered nearly three times the value of the Ferrari's 250 GTO that sold in Monterey in 2018. More than twice the rumored $80 million paid for another GTO private sale in 2018. Now, when approached by Haggerty, Mercedes-Benz declined to comment. Now they're probably ready to chat. Yeah. 
Uh, car in question is believed to be a Silver Arrow, one of the most significant racing machines in Mercedes history. In 1954, the team returned to racing with the streamlined body W196. It was a sensation winning nine of the 12 races entered and propelling star driver Juan Manuel Fangio to driver world championship wins in both 54 and 55. Uh, a lot of really expensive stuff is sold at auction. The one that uh, the $48 million car which was 44, and then the VIG and the fees got it to 48 and change. Uh, sold in Monterey in 2018. The $80,000 car they're talking about is the one that David McNeil, the guy who owns WeatherTech, you think all those rubber floor mats aren't making him a little bit of money? Uh, David McNeil bought $80 million yep. in 2018. Uh, funny, kind of a confluence of stories here. Uh, speaking of bring a trailer and Randy Nonnenberg, Randy Nonnenberg was on Matt Ferris' show, The Smoking Tire. The two of them were discussing uh, bring a trailer and how they were tracking sales. And Randy happened to mention that Sports Car Market, the publication I work for, uh, did a great job of helping track some of the sales, and uh, they were doing wonderful things, and they had a conversation about it. And he and Matt started uh, speaking about how the people who wrote for Sports Car Market did a really great job. I tracked down Matt on social media. I said, thank you. That made my day. He invited me to be on his show, The Smoking Tire, in 2018, and I was on that right before we started doing this podcast. Uh And when I went out there... The David McNeil sale had just gone through, and we wound up talking about that car on his sale <laughs> about a week or two. So, uh, kind of, kind of interesting confluence here. Now, with ra- uh, interest rates rising so rapidly, this purchase it, it might be seen as a wise investment for somebody uh, with the means. We'll see if they can, if they'll be able to pull that back out of it here in a year or two. Uh, but like you were saying earlier, you you don't know what it's worth until it sells. And well, I'll and, tell you. and it also means you have to find somebody else who's got $142 million. It's either going to show up on Bring a Trailer uh-huh. or in Dubai. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I would bet on Dubai. <laughs> I think that's where you find a, a, a higher population with pockets that deep. Yeah, sitting in a parking lot somewhere gathering dust. Yeah, that's my other car. Yeah, yeah I don't think that's so. That's my Sunday car. Oh, Our special guest this week. Ah. Just the one. Just the one. Just the one. The the other one. Uh, but a very Ped special who? one. Well, Mr. Ped was going to be here Ped with us. Ped won't? Yeah. <laughs> oh. That's harsh, man. Oh, we love you, Ped. Oh, Ped, we do love you, but I also understand how scheduling works, yeah. and we were going to do the show yeah. last night, and we didn't do the show last night, and he was unable to make it. But Luke Channel is going to be here with us. Uh, Luke's going to help us wrap up the McPherson College Cars Show. All this and much more. Mostly, we're going to talk about that epic cookout. <laughs> I can't. I can't imagine how much work went into that. We just showed up a couple days before and helped rub Luke's meat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But all his that, ribs, to be exact. Uh, yes, his his ribs. <laughs> all that and much more is coming up next here on Driven Radio Show. Welcome back to Driven Radio, coming to you from Driven Radio World Headquarters in beautiful Overland Park, Kansas. Our special guests this week, well, we got one of them anyway. <laughs> Our special guest 
singular this week is Associate Professor in the Automotive Restoration Program at McPherson College, and Mr. Luke Channel. Yay! Uh, Yay. Luke's going to help us wrap up the McPherson College Car Show, and the most epic automotive gathering every year is his post-show cookout. Without a doubt. Uh, it's. It, I look forward to that weekend. Me too. All year long. And I'm a little melancholy that I'm having to wait another 50 weeks to I be know. able to go back to it. We need to do this Luke, welcome back to the show. <laughs> Glad to be back, Brett. Great show. The cars that came, especially the, the special cars that came, uh, the Mercedes 540K that now is is bugging the crap out of you. Uh, the three cars from the GM Heritage Center, just all the cool stuff that showed up. I think this year's show, it certainly seemed bigger than any year in the past, and it may have been better. Your thoughts? Oh, it was just a wonderful show. Uh, we actually didn't break the record for cars. We were at about really? 375, and yeah, the record is just shy of 400. But, but you know, it's really not about quality or about quantity it's really about quality <laughs> i don't know i mean actually in my own car life it's really about quantity not quality <laughs> at the car show it's re- it really is about uh, quality the thing that floored me was they were bringing in cars from the heritage center and other people were bringing stuff in so one of the first to arrive was uh that uh, wyman body duesenberg model j pretty spectacular car and by the time else came in i was just like oh there's Duesenberg over there you know what's look at something more interesting so <laughs> that's good and then oh my God. Just, you know the variety of stuff that people bring out too is just amazing i mean of course there's always a really good pre-war section model t but i was really struck by all the 1950s cars and some really you know kind of catfish catfish friendly automobiles uh lots of mid-50s chryslers yes uh oldsmobiles mercuries just kind of oddball stuff that you don't see coming out very often and then you know, the, the GM cars, of course, were just spectacular between the Y-Job, Mako Shark, and then the mm-hmm. Pegasus. Um, I had never even heard of the Pegasus. So when they showed up with that, I thought, oh, that's a neat-looking Trans Am. And then it turns out, oh, that's got a Ferrari V12 in it. Stop the presses. Tell me about that. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, yeah you, uh, elaborate you, for the you uninitiated. You expound upon the Pegasus. What <laughs> the, what oh, the freak? Me, yes. Do tell. Well, it doesn't have it didn't have a Craigers Park, so I don't know if you're still interested. <laughs> Screw it. Yeah. Stop yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow, way to pop a dream. No, okay. sir, what, no, he, what, what was under so, that hood? What the hell? Yeah, so Bill Mitchell, uh, he saw, you know, he had a Ferrari and loved the car, and he thought, boy, the, this uh, Trans Am, this Pontiac, you know, Firebird, would be a much better car with a uh, Ferrari V12. And so they slowly <laughs> converted the car Naturally. over to Ferrari bits. And uh, it was absolutely flawlessly done, just beautifully executed. What, you know, what some of the concept cars you see are just crap. Uh, did you, did they, they wound did... up using a Ferrari gearbox. Oh, my God. Yeah. So yeah. Was it still yeah. on the floor? Or? It's, a, it's a 1970 Pontiac Firebird with a Ferrari Colombo V12 and Ferrari 5-speed gearbox. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they they did reshape the front end a bit. It is it's an interesting looking car. It really is. And then you look under the hood and you're thinking, oh my. <laughs> so is there a personalized sleeper. tag that says sleeper? Yeah, that's what yeah. I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> it says it in Italian. Oh, okay. <laughs> sleeper road. Got it. And go ahead and uh, if you would talk a little about the Y job and the uh, and the Mako Shark. So you know GM doesn't. Uh, they don't get those cars out very often. Uh, you don't. Uh, I've been lucky enough to ride in the LeSabre, 
to see another one of the cars out running around uh, is quite something, but to see three is really, really remarkable. Um, so yeah, the Y job, of course, you know, Harley Earl's personal concept car uh, in 1937, including, you know, the rain sensing top and hidden headlights. And uh, if you think about a car that looks like that in 1937, it's just light years ahead. It looks like, a, you know, 1947, 1948 Buick. So a decade newer than the car actually is. People who saw um, it driving around probably thought it was a UFO. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, there are accounts of people seeing hardly Earl driving it, you know, around Detroit and just tracking him down, trying to find out what is that thing. Um, and the, the most amazing thing to me about both the Y job and the saber are just how flawlessly executed everything is. And it's all one off all the die castings, all the trim, you know, in the case of the saber, the engine, everything is, is bespoke. Uh, specifically for Harley Earl and by him. So just really remarkable car. Now, the Buick Y-Job, does it, it looks like it sits, uh, the profile is a lot slimmer and lower than, than most of the Buicks of that time. Is that accurate? Because the pictures, I can't, it's kind of hard to t- tell whether it sits kind of up higher. Like, you know, I drive a no. Buick with my hat on, and then this means low-slung thing. Definitely had a very low profile, very sleek uh, for the time. And, uh, you know, I mean, I just, just like a lot of Harley Earl cars, there's just not a curve in the wrong place on them. He just knew how to use shape in a way that some designers never did. Um, you know, you think of Bill Mitchell and, and all of his kind of iconic designs, and they're all about, like, straight lines. And Earl is really about, like, how do you play with curves on a car? Mm-hmm. And I think the Y-Job is a really good example of that. Speaking of Mitchell... Uh, let's get into Rhonda's favorite car ever, yes. uh, that Mako Shark won. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, Corvette concept car that foreshadowed the, the C2 Corvette, uh, which I know you're a big fan. And the thing that blew me away about that car was the paint. Yes. It's just unreal. I mean, it looked like a shark. It did, it I'm like telling you. God nothing, nothing driving looks more like, the, you know, what it's supposed to mimic. I just looked at that and I'm like, it's a shark. There's a yeah, yeah. there's a legend about that too uh, that Mitchell caught a Mako and he had it mounted on his wall and he wanted the guys to paint the car like the shark and they took four or five runs at it and could never get it just right and when Mitchell went on vacation they took the shark off the wall and repainted it like the car. <laughs> <laughs> and so Mitchell comes back and they say, "Hey, look, we nailed it, boss." Matches the car, runs it all. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's true, but that that uh, that uh, legend is. has been going around forever, and I pray that that's true because that's just the coolest idea. Looking at the pictures of it with that kind of white belly, mm-hmm. and then it goes up into the blue, and even are those lights on the front that are in front of the uh, uh, front f- uh, fender wells? Uh, they look kind of like gills. Are those actually functional or those lights, vents? or are those just yeah vents? They, they were, I believe they were functional lights. That's wicked. Yeah, it's daddy like mm-hmm. uh, so much so that when we got home. Uh, I got on eBay and I found a diecast model of the sucker. And <laughs> Yay! It. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, I love that car and it was amazing to having been a long-term first-gen Corvette owner to look at it and see 
how they had applied all the styling cues that wound up being in the second gen Corvette that I also own. And uh, it was that was so cool to be able to look at that and spend a little time around it. And our buddy Ped got a lot of pictures of it. Uh, he was supposed to be here tonight. I'm going to razz him a lot. He he earned this. <laughs> <laughs> and my last question about that one in the cockpit. <laughs> in the cockpit, is that actual wood? It is. Oh my god, the wraparound wood in the dash. Oh, and, and, it, it and abs- down the console in the middle of the shifter console. That's it, it absolutely is. That car was so crap. cool. I spent a lot of time looking <laughs> in at a, that. In thing. a Corvette. I'm just I'm like, gah, what? Mm-hmm. Abs- absolutely. So, happy. so yeah, uh all that stuff was there. And then uh tell us about that five forty K a little bit. That thing was just stunning. So, yeah, the, a couple friends of ours brought out their uh, 1936 or 7 uh, Mercedes-Benz 540K Special Roadster. So one of approximately 12 built, one of approximately six to survive. Uh, cars black, uh, of course, supercharged, uh, inline eight-cylinder, uh, you know, 540, 540, uh, 5.4 liter K compressor, uh, German. And, uh, of course, the interesting thing about those compressor cars is the, the supercharger only kicks in when you put your foot all the way to the floor. Uh, and so there's a clutch that kicks it in and it pressurizes the carburetor and then you get extra power. You're only supposed to do that for a very short amount of time. Otherwise, uh, the engine was not designed to withstand the, the boost for long periods of time. Uh, so there are a number of accounts of people blowing them up, uh, you know, running foot to the floor. Uh, How long is really that car? Been, it's got to be at least 22 foot long. It's uh, very long, and of course, you know, it's a two-seat roadster, so you look at a car like that, there's actually a relatively short amount of deck lid, mm-hmm. uh, so it's all hood and cowl. Yeah. It's just, I mean, and, and it looks like, you know, Cruella DeVille's car. <laughs> and it, it has an amazing presence to yeah. it. Uh, it. Just And the, the car's flawless. I, I looked over it for a long time, and I didn't find anything anywhere on that. It was absolutely beautiful. I'm glad I don't have to keep it polished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, it's sitting in my shop right now, and I, I turned off the sandblast cabinet because I didn't want any dust landing on that car. Yeah. So it's, uh, uh, I really walked by incredible it in stuff. Awe. Now, I know you and I didn't get to spend as much time over at the car show as we normally would or we wanted to because – we had to go to your house and make sure everything was ready to go for the biggest damn cookout. How how many people showed up this year? I was my best estimate is 175. So 175 of my closest friends. Yeah. You, know? you, you want to talk about the oh biggest damn backyard barbecue you've ever seen, and everybody there is just looking for a place to sit down and try to eat. Yeah, and and everybody everybody there is. For the most part, you know, they're all a little bit off because they restore cars. So yeah, yeah, it's it's a collection of oddball people. It's a it's uh, 175 of our freaky car friends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. so you know, I had this. So you know, there was this car show going on, right? So I got the brilliant (laughs) idea. Well, I'm just going to spend all day at my house cooking meat instead of going to the car show. (laughs) And and that leads uh, into the next question. How much was there this year by the time we got through all the ribs and all of the sausage and all of the everything, all of the brisket? And how much did you have? Uh, I cooked, 
would have had to have been 60 pounds of brisket and then another probably 60 of pulled pork and then probably another 50 in oddball assorted ribs and sausages and whatever other got thrown on the grill. Luke is a legendary meat handler. And we came over yes. to help handle you. Well, you know, I, I was going to say, I, I recruited you two, Rhonda and Brett, for the furious meat rubbing party beforehand. Yes. Yeah. You two were pretty furiously at it, I have to say. We've uh, gotten pretty good. We're, we're having a banner made for your house that says, Welcome to Luke Chennel's Cookout. I want to put my meat in your mouth. <laughs> And I got to reprise my role as the sausage king of McPherson County. Um, I filled that grill twice. Uh, I'm going to get you a crown, like an actual crown. Yes. I, want the, I want a Burger King crown. <laughs> With sausages sticking off the top Have of it. Have it my uh-huh. way. Yeah. Have it my way. Uh, Do you have any hair left on your arms? No. I do not, and, and I I managed to sear some off of my eyebrows, and uh, had to trim a little around the beard. <laughs> no, there's all that knuckle hair that won't come back till Fourth of July, and then it'll be time to get rid of it again. Uh, it, I couldn't believe the stream of people, and uh, I was we were finishing up cooking and bringing everything in and everybody was lined up trying to to go through the line and, and load up their plates. Luke walks by me at one point and leans in. He goes, God, I hope we got enough food for this. <laughs> it, was, it was close. It was, it was as close as it's ever. I mean, normally, normally what happens at the barbecue is I wind up with, you know, 25 pounds of brisket, mm-hmm. yeah, various assorted meats. And there was one little container of pulled pork left. Uh-huh. That's it. Yeah. So we actually, yeah. we ate the leftovers in about two days. I normally ate, wow. it's like, I ate one of the barbecue until you're sick. <laughs> I ate one of the sausages while it was cooking. And I'm glad I did. Yeah. Cause by the time I got in there, there weren't any left. <laughs> nothing. So people were lined up around the end of your house, which normally the line doesn't go that far. Yeah, Luke's got a long driveway. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, I was thinking the same thing going, okay, there's more people lined up than usual. So I'd never seen that big a turnout. That and the awesome. other thing is apparently people are listening to us. Cause I had, you know, 11 people come up and go, hey, Brett. And I'm thinking, oh, God, I don't remember your name. <laughs> hey, Al. I, I'm so hey, sorry. As, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Let's go you? get some food. <laughs> don't, don't expect me to remember. Your, I'm, I'm bad with names anyway. Well, if you mean it. But, yeah. uh, you, you, Usually the case is, I'll forget your name about two minutes after you tell me, but I'll remember what you drove for the next five years. So, to every, uh, yeah, well, about that, about the fourth Bud Tallboy, I ain't remembering my name. So, <laughs> anyway, to everybody I saw there, hey, thanks for coming up and shaking my hand and saying good to see you. And everybody who's who mentioned the show, thank you so very much. And that is my favorite thing all year long i love cooking there and i love seeing everybody and i love getting to hang out and i i love burning all the hair off my hands (laughs) i 
I got my hands so bad this year that when I grabbed a cold beer when I was done cooking, it stung to hold. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Maybe you need to step back a little, honey. The password is oven mitt, you jack leg. <laughs> so, so, you know, we kept things together there, it, but that there was the scariest half hour of barbecue mm-hmm. I have ever had in my life. Yes, Chris I told me about that. About <laughs> just about watched 40 pounds of pulled pork and my pellet mm-hmm. grill go up in flames. <laughs> yes. I'm talking like yes. yeah, it's a uh, 25 it's, foot high inferno. Gosh. It's, it, it's time it to reconsider some of the equipment. At one point I was, <laughs> yeah, at one point I was standing next to the grill with some, you know, bear paws, some meat claws and, the other guy was going to open it. And if it caught fire, I was grabbing as much meat as I could off of there to save it. <laughs> me in a giant conflagration. Hi, my <laughs> name's Luke. <laughs> I got bandages up to my shoulders. <laughs> Have some pulled pork. Save the schnitzel. Save the schnitzel. Make sure you try the pork. <laughs> Welcome to Jackass. Well, you know, with all the vehicles you have, there was a. Uh, I went to a Greaserama. This is probably 12, 15 years ago. And uh, it, I had to do like a triple take. There was this yellow, I think it was a 35 or 36 Ford. That there was a little, you know, a little bit of smoke coming out of that tailpipe, but they're, they're, you know, I couldn't hear the engine running, and they popped the hood, and it was just all chrome and nothing else. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then I got up close; it was a smoker. <laughs> they had turned the car yeah. into a smoker, oh, and cool. uh, uh, all the windows I thought were just, you know, uh, well, they were smoked because uh, yeah. they were smoked. And uh, I, I would think you and the uh, youngsters there at at McPherson would be able to come up with something like that. Even what if it was like, we're not that organized. It's yeah, an old no. suburban or something. <laughs> Got the front end of a Bonneville. Using Give them a welder and a six-pack and say, get her done. <laughs> so, so since we're talking about cars and barbecue, we have to discuss. We were in the back when this happened, so I missed it entirely. But the legend was born with Ped. Since oh, he's yeah. not with us. Uh, so Ped comes up to me and he says, I want to take a picture. I need a fire truck. And so I immediately say, I know the person. I called and I called Sean, who's been a guest on the show. Yeah, called him up and he brought the fire truck over. Ped climbed up that son of a bitch, forty-five <laughs> foot in the air in my yes. front yard, no hands. He's, yes, he he's did. Brave. And we were going he to ask him about it, but he's not presently present. <laughs> so yeah, he he finds yes, courage when it comes to getting on the ladder. He he's admitted he doesn't really go for heights, but when it comes down to the shot. He'll risk it all. I watched him walk up that thing uh, in a video later, and I thought, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I talked to Sean about how uh, about hydraulic leaks the night before and uh, at, the, at the car show downtown. I wouldn't walk up that sucker, and we need to have Sean back on because he drove that thing all the way home. I could not believe it. Got a real early start. Said he actually got it to break 50 miles an hour once on a downhill in the, in the uh, foothills. And uh, he, he drove it all the way home. Uh, you know, no one's going to cut you off because you're going slower than everybody else. Birds are passing you. But what a hell of a big vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. So what time did the party finally wrap up? I know that we came by the next morning to pick up some stuff for you, and you were dead asleep. And you don't do that. No, not usually. Well, sometimes I do. But uh, so I have a general rule that 
but well, I should say I've adapted a rule that my relatives had, which is that it isn't a real party unless there are underage girls and the cops show up. So <laughs> well, I've adapted that. that. I've, I'm, awesome. I'm calling that down a little bit to, to be more, <laughs> you know, if it doesn't go to midnight, it's not a real party. Oh, so, that thing was, I'm, yeah. I'm sure so everything went to midnight. Yeah, it actually people cleared out about 1230 and then I couldn't sleep. So I just sat in the garage and watched, just watched <laughs> the stars for another hour before I went to bed because there was so much, so I, much to take in. I'm sure that after all the prep and then all, you know, making sure everybody got fed and everybody did and everything else, I'm sure you were just trying to wind down. Well, yeah, you know, and then the, the thing about it is after the show, we come back for another week of school. So I showed up, everybody shows up on Monday and it's like, oh, we got to do this again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, back to the grind. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here was the funny thing. Two days later, we, I came home, slept in my bed uh, Sunday night and then Monday night. And then I got up, drove down, picked up Ken Yawn. Uh, who we have also had on the show multiple times, picked up Ken Yon. We drove to Oklahoma City, went and had a terrific dinner, went and saw The Who, and then I drove him back home, dropped him off, and I drove back home. And uh, it sure seemed like I spent a lot of time on the road that week. Not a windshield time. I know you delivered some tar for me, and I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah, hey, that guy made it easy. I did. I just had to put it in the back of my car, and he came over and snagged it, and I didn't have to go anywhere to do it. I wanted to thank you for another amazing cookout. Like I said, this is my favorite thing all year long, and I know I'm not the only one. It was an amazing event. We have a few ideas for things for next year. Yes, uh, I I don't know that it'll be a major improvement, but you know, we'll keep people liquored up and fed. Yes, <laughs> that's what it's about. <laughs> exactly. We've been speaking with Luke Channel about the McPherson College Cars Show and Luke's epic after-show cookout. You can find all the social media links for Luke and McPherson College on readthedriven.com. Luke, as always, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, and uh, you got to come up, brother. We got to go get some barbecue. Thanks for having me, Brett. Thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our listeners. That is absolutely true. It really does. It's surprising how much it means. Even like the little bit of feedback here and there that we get uh, from people that will it, comment on the shows and comment on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. I, I think at some point we're going to have to send Bud Carr. Bud Carr. Some yeah, kind. What a great last name, too. Yeah, he, he does have a great <laughs> last name. But he leaves us more compliments, and I'm always reading them going, is he listening to our show? Bud is a good guy. <laughs> But is a good job. But is a good guy. We're going to have to send him some kind of giant gift pack. Whenever we figure out some swag, yeah, it's coming at you, bud. I've already started a pile. Sweet. I, I'm just going to send. I'm going to have to send him a stack of sports car markets that yeah. I got in my office. But we sure appreciate you listening, and everybody else as well. Amen. Thank you so very much. You can find us online at drivenradioshow.com and readthedriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show. And listen everywhere fine podcasts are heard. I am Brett Hatfield for Mark Groves. Yo! Uh, Mr. Corey Pratt. Corey is on vacation. For hey, the that's next, not me. For the next couple of weeks. <laughs> awesome, yeah. And uh, Luke Chennel for being here. Yeah. Uh, my beautiful bride. Yes. And the absent Ped Watt, who was supposed to be here. I hear we he's, still love Ped. Yeah, he's out climbing fire trucks someplace. Who? Who what? <laughs> 
Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time here on Driven Radio. 